everybody. This is Bill Knauer, and you're listening to Author to Author, where we talk about writing and life. Because what it takes to write the book you want to write is also what it takes to lead the life you want to lead. It's true. Author to Author is brought to you by Author Magazine, the premier free writing magazine on the Internet, featuring articles on writing, the writing life, as well as video interviews with best-selling and award-winning authors across the genres. Our new issue is coming out the first of the month. Just a few days, and I'm gonna, you'll be able to check out my conversation with the wonderful Lori Frankel. Lori Frankel has written a lot, three very interesting books. The most recent got a lot of attention. Uh, it's a great conversation. She's an unusual writer, has a few unusual tricks that she uses. Check it out. It'll be up, like I said, the first of the month, July 1st, at, P, at authormagazine.org. And as always, we are funded by the fabulous... Pacific Northwest Writers Association. They've been supporting writers all the way from pen to publication since 1955. They're still doing it. If you live in the Northwest and if you, well, if you don't, it doesn't even matter if you live in the Northwest. If you're a writer, you can join the PNWA and we have these great monthly meetings. And no matter uh, where you live, you can attend those meetings virtually or just watch them virtually. It doesn't matter. So, Check it out, pnwa.org, pnwa.org. Check it out. Okay. Oh, I've been looking forward to this conversation. I've been looking forward to this conversation. This woman's book arrived on my desk. I get a lot of books. I do. I get a lot of books. And I said, what's this one about? Oh, I do like memoirs. I cracked it open, and I read the first page, and I thought, i got to interview her. It's true. That's how it went. So uh, her name is Jen Waite. And uh, she is the author of the international best-selling memoir, A Beautiful, Terrible Thing, A Memoir of Love and Betrayal. Uh, she's also uh, published some uh, articles and essays in Scary Mommy, <laughs> Upworthy, Today Parenting, The Huffington Post, and Romper, but she's with us now. Yes, she is. Jen, welcome to the show. Hello. Thank you for having me. Well, it is my pleasure like I said in my intro, and this is true, I cracked open your book. Uh, what's this all about? And I always do that. And then I cracked it open. I was standing up, and then I was sitting down. And then I was reading, and I was like, I'm going to interview her. That's just all there is to that. So uh, congratulations on how this book's been doing. Uh, it's, uh, oh, it must you. be a delight. It is many things. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. Well, let's. We're going to give our some some of our readers or listeners have probably read this book, but some of them haven't. So uh, we're going to get to it in a second. Actually, no. Let's get right to it. I take that back. Let's get right to it because it's an unusual story. Um, yep. It, there's an unusual way you told it, which I'll come to. But first, why don't? Because you've probably done this and can do it better than I. Tell the readers, yep. the listeners, excuse me, the listeners, a bit about what this story is. It's a well. Just tell them. Tell them what it's about. Oh, yeah. Okay, well, Deep it, yeah, exactly. I know no matter how many times I tell it, it's still something that kind of shocks me while I'm telling it. Yeah. Um, yep. But so it basically started um, right after I gave birth to my daughter. She was about three weeks old, and I was married to um, my husband, who at the time was, you know, the love of my life, my best friend. Um, and we were living in New York, and she was about three weeks old. I remember it was pretty late at night, and I sat down in my living room and opened our 
family computer that we shared um, and just opened it up. It was the first time that I'd used a computer since giving birth, and so I kind of felt oh, really? really proud of really? myself for, oh, I didn't yeah, that. because I had been so stressed out and anxious, and right. she was very colicky as a newborn and was really yeah. crying almost nonstop, so there was just a lot yeah. going on, um, and so I remember having this thought, oh, I'm, I'm almost back to a normal person or like or doing adult things. I mean, that was right. not... So that was not at all true at three weeks. But I remember right. having that thought and being really proud of myself and then looking at the, um, the screen that came up and my husband's email, Gmail account was on the screen. And I kind of just scanned it quickly. Um, and it was just a lot of work emails. And then one of them stood out and the subject line was, I think, appointments or apartments. And the, the thread, because you can see that first line um, right. on the yeah. actual screen, and it just said thank you for your time last week, but my girlfriend and I have decided to go with another apartment. And immediately, like, two things happened. I kind of laughed. Like, I remember laughing out loud, I think probably to try to almost convince myself that it was in some right. way funny or some kind of strange miscommunication or misunderstanding. But then I also just completely, I mean, my world, like, I froze and I felt really, like, sick and that something was wrong. So that was basically the tipping That's point, I guess, of that was the very but, beginning. And then the unraveling is, is basically the rest of the memoir. And I almost wrote it in real time, which makes it a, a little bit unique because I was writing very close to while it was happening. Yes, oh I did. I, I sat down and started writing about three months out. And I, so I was still literally uncovering um, oh things my God. in real time. And oh my yeah, and I wasn't, so I didn't sit down to do, write a Jen. memoir. You have no idea. Was, like that is like the hardest way to do it. It really is. I know a couple people. Well, the people strange have done thing that is way. that the strange thing for me is that it almost came out like it was like an out of body experience. It just wrote itself. Um, right. As oh, much as like okay. I hate it when other authors say that because I'm like, no, that's no, not true. But it really felt like it did. Like it had to just come out of my body, and I didn't set set out to write a memoir. I just set out to like get it out of my body. Right. Well, and I should say to our listeners that so this wasn't just a, a, a about an affair. It, it her husband right. was really um, I don't like to use this word. I've never, but was kind of by clinically a psychopath. Right, right. Is that really? In other that's, words, he, that's the like the diagnosis term. that I came to. Right. And um, you know, I'm not a mental health professional. I am um, considering pursuing that path now, but I did a lot of research and, um, there are just a lot of indications that I found, you know, throughout my research that kind of align him with that personality disorder. And so, you know, whether you want to call him a psychopath or just kind of a toxic person, um, that was my diagnosis. But at the end of the day, it's definitely, he is someone that, um, I am glad to not be in contact with anymore. Well, well, Let's put it that what, way. Yeah. Well, part of what made it compelling um, is that, so, you know, because there's a lot of, um, you know, people write about the ends of marriages a lot and that's, it's fine. I think it's worth writing about the way we write about death right. or children or anything, but was his devotion to the lie and his ability right. to absolutely be committed to it, which is unusual. Mm-hmm. I mean, people cheat, but they, yep. they kind of crack up under it. But he was really committed right. in how he would sort of become whoever he was with. So he seemed to be on a right. different plane from the average right. cheating guy. And that's what I think in my mind just differentiated him from just someone, you know, male or female. A lot of us 
uh, cheat or, you know, in, in long-term monogamous relationships, it's just a fact that a lot of people do cheat for various reasons. And obviously not all of them are psychopaths. Um, but right. when my ex-husband refused to, I mean, he never, he never came out with the truth or told me any really, you know, inkling of the truth, I realized that something deeper was going right. on and just the ease with which he was lying and being presented with basically cold, hard facts and still, you know, right. lying and gaslighting and all that just made me feel like, okay, either I'm insane, which I really did believe at some points. I really, I really sure. believed him that it, that it was, that it was me. I was the one who had the problem or there's something deeper going on. And so that's really why I started to research, um, you know, what, what is, what is happening? What, who is this person? Right. Well, it's really, it's, it's such an interesting story because um, the issue of the truth and just like you said, sort of, am I crazy? Because um, I hate to bring this up, but sometimes I go through it when I look at political news and I think, wait a minute, I thought I knew what reality was, but there's like this, is, I don't want to get into that, but that's how I felt sometimes, and that's what I thought of. And every once in a while, mm-hmm. I want to hear some somebody else saying what I thought was the truth. It was such a relief because I because we all know we can believe anything if we really want to, right? I mean, we exactly. can convince. Yeah. We all know we can convince ourselves of things. So it, it was it was, and I was with you. Like I wasn't sure. Like when you were telling it. Did he really cheat on? I mean, I know he must have, but did right. she? Because I was with you. So you did right. a good job of speaking me along with you. Uh, and I, I think that for me, that's something that has actually become um, something that I think about more and more post, you know, post publication, and also because, like you were saying, that we don't have to dive into just the context of the world right now. Is that the truth itself is is subjective. I mean, there are, there are right. certain, I guess, absolute truths, but as far as individual experiences, we're all informed, like the, our conversation that we're having right now, we could have two different takes on what we That's talked right. about. And so right. it's just so fascinating to me. And so this memoir is my truth and it's right. my experience and like my journey through this type of relationship, but it is just a fascinating topic. You know, how do you, how, like, everyone's truth is different. Um, and so I right. think that someone can use that to their advantage. Um, and that's definitely, I was caught just trying to figure out what was real and what was not real for a really long time. And, and my ex-husband did a really masterful job at kind of keeping me a little bit um, confused and like on my toes as far as what was, what, what was my reality. Right. Well, you know, it's so funny. I teach memoir writing. It's really one of my favorite things to teach. And one of the first things I have to tell my students, although your case is slightly different, but not that much different, which is you kind of have to give up on the concept of journalistic academic truth when you're telling a memoir. Mm -hmm. It's much more about a felt experience. Uh, You have to accept Mm -hmm. that, like, just like you said, like if I get into an argument with my wife and we get the end of the argument. We want to kind of rehash. How did we get here? How did this happen? We go back. Both of us can sometimes have different memories of the last 15 minutes, even about what was said and what wasn't said. And that, and who knows what was for the case, you know, five or 10 years ago. So it's tough, but for writers, you kind of have to give up on one idea of the truth. uh, Yeah, no, that's so true. You know, even in your case. And I think also, yeah. And I just hearing you say that, um, I think 
also what kind of like saved the memoir in some senses is that I was writing so close to the events and I was still right. de- like deeply in love with my ex-husband at the time. And really? Just that you're writing it? From, I mean, yes, I was still totally oh my in God, love with him, miracle. but also grieving. But I think that if I had more perspective, it, I couldn't have written it, you know, like it would oh, have just come okay. out as this really awful, scathing, whatever, um, you know, revenge um, breakup story or something like that. But because I was just actually still in love and really didn't set out to actually write a memoir, just wanted to put it on paper, it it was more like figuring out what was happening than um, really having any, like, a bird's eye view, which I think some, you know, sometimes it's great to get that perspective. But in my case, I'm really glad that I wrote it down almost while it was happening because right. I, I just want the reader to, to understand what it was like to kind of go through that relationship with me. Right. Well, you did. You did that, boy. And, you know, what's interesting, <laughs> I thought about this because I had this one student, and, and, and I'm fascinated by the memoir, both in terms of a art, art form, but also in terms of how it makes us look at life and look at ourselves and look at our role in our lives and so on. And I had this woman. And she said, okay, I said, it was first day of class. I said, what are you going to write about? She said, I want to write about what it's like to be married to a psychopath. That's what she said. Mm-hmm. And I said, oh, okay, fine. And so he had this marriage, this man with two, two families, you know, her and someone else. And he had this elaborate lies going on. I was like, oh, wow, this is right. really compelling. And I said, okay, this is yeah. fine. I said, but you've got to write, give me a scene now where you show how you fell in love with him. And she said, what are you talking about? I said, well, you married a psychopath. How does that happen? Like, how does a person fall for someone? Because not everybody would have. Right. And she says, well, he was just cute. Right. I don't know. And and she never came back to class. <laughs> and so the reason I mentioned that, because she wasn't going to get into that. The reason I mentioned is I was is I was so happy to see how you at the towards the end of the book got yeah. into sort of yeah. how you allowed how you were a good yeah. target, so to speak. Because not everybody right. would have been not yeah. to blame you, but you had your stuff. No, you no, no. With, that was right? that was the part. Like absolutely, that's what set me free at the end was fine, right. and that was the very last part of it. Really, um, the whole I guess grieving process you can say is turn was turning inward and I think a lot of people get stuck on that part because that's the scariest part is to kind of you know face your own demons so to speak and for me it was really figuring out why did I filter out so much data and kind of overlay the story that I wanted this fairy tale you know love story that I just wanted so desperately to believe in that I kind of filtered out the bad stuff and um, fit it to to my paradigm and you know why why was I I guess vulnerable or why was that so seductive to me that kind of fairy tale love story Um, and so doing that kind of work was was by far more powerful or more liberating or whatever you want to call it more healing than you know any of the revelations or lies that I found out about my husband. That right. was, I, I thought that knowing every single detail about, you know, the affair, the double life was going to be the thing, like the piece of the puzzle that, you know, clicked into place and then I would understand it, it would set me free. But what really ended up, you know, setting me free, so to speak, although it's obviously an ongoing process, like the more sure. now I feel that I know, the less I know. But um, anyway, was really like looking inward and realizing that I, one of my kind of like deeply embedded, I guess, like false constructs was that I placed all of my value, um, I guess, through the eyes of 
my partner. And that was how I kind of like validated myself and kind of tearing away those constructs and then like rebuilding my self-worth and my reality from the ground up was super terrifying. And, um, that it's kind of like that's the end, almost like the end of the memoir, but really that work went far beyond that. I mean, I'm still of course doing yeah. that every day, um, but I really had no concept. I didn't know anything about this stuff. Like I didn't know anything about boundaries and like disengaging from toxic people and trusting right. your intuition. All of that stuff I had kind of lost along the way, and so now you see, doing he, that, yeah, he was a great teacher. He can't, he was a yeah. fantastic, yeah. <laughs> I, I, you know, so I, just to bring up our president again, but one of the things about him that's interesting is that he has taught so many people about government and about the law and about yeah. democracy yeah. that we never would have known. Yeah. So anyway, but I want to take a moment to, again, to commend you on that. I want our listeners to hear what she said. So she really could have just played the victim card in this. And a lot of people would have sat by and said, of course you are. What a jerk. Yeah. Oh my God. And, and he was a jerk. But that's not the point. It was right. it, it, you didn't allow it to stay there. And the real power came from understanding your role in, in that yep. experience. And if you left and you and as so many people would have let you just be the victim and let that be the end of it. But there's no story. there. Yeah. There's no healing. Yeah, there's and, no and, strength. There's nothing. Right. And there's nowhere to go from there because it's no. so terrifying to think, oh, this just happened. There was there's nothing that could have been done. There's nothing to prevent it in the future. It's just he went from being amazing and perfect to, you know, a psychopath overnight. Like right. for me, that's much more scary than kind of figuring out, okay, how did this all happen? What were the signs at the beginning? What about myself was drawn to someone like that? And, you know, what about what about me made me a good target for someone like right. that? Um, and so that, yeah, that, that was definitely the scariest of the part of the whole thing, <laughs> yeah. oh, but man. so in, yep. so important to do that. And I think when other, I, I get so many messages now from mostly women, but some men too, who sure. have had similar, similar relationships. And I, I kind of always try to nudge them in that direction. If like they're still in it or if they're stuck and it's been years and years, I kind of try to nudge them in that direction, but you really have to be ready and you really have to, I mean, for me, my therapist played a huge role because she kind of instinctively knew, I think, that we had to kind of rebuild my foundation before she could start poking holes in these, um, like, false, you know, walls that I had built up. And so we did that foundational work for a long time before she started being like, so why do you think you filter out anything that's bad? And I was like, oh, my God. And it was like a stress <laughs> panic attack for a while, but that's right. kind of the work that you have to do. And it's it, not even just in relationships, like that goes for oh, so yeah, many everything. aspects of life. Everything. You know, yeah. it's funny. I, I was, uh, I, I, so I teach like personal essay memoir. That's what I write. That's what I do. And I've come to understand that depth, if you want to go deep, the only way to go deep is to understand your role in your experiences. That's where depth is. Mm-hmm. And if you think about it, like, you're alive. You are life, right? As much as the whales and the oceans, you're life. And you will never know life more intimately than through your own body, your own mind, your own feelings. So if you really want to know life, 
know thyself, right? Go in and understand how you affected it. It's, there's no end to that question. And I just keep probing it and probing it and probing it. And I wasn't married to a psychopath, but I still, I have to answer those same questions over and over yeah. and over again. It's the whole deal. It's the whole deal. So he was, you know, it's funny. I interviewed a memoirist who said, she was the first one to use this language with me. She said, the best, the worst thing that happened to me was Beverly D'Onofrio. That's right. Beverly D'Onofrio. She said, the worst thing that happened to me is the best thing that happened to me. That's the, she's written like three uh, yeah. memoirs and it's always the worst thing is the best thing. The worst thing is the best yeah. thing. And that really was it's always that. I mean, it's really that cheesy expression or whatever. You, the the lesson that you need to learn is, you know, often presented to you, and you can kind of choose to learn it and move on, or you can keep, you know, learning that lesson over and over again. Because if you don't learn it, the universe will keep putting it in your path over and over again. So you would have found another. I don't know what his actual name is, but you would have found another, probably not another yeah. psychopath, but you would have been cheated on again. Probably there would have been another guy done the same yes. thing. That, you know, you'd have just yes. found it. You know, I think that's when really bad, you know, patterns can start is when instead of doing that, like deep inner, really terrifying work, you kind of just go to just go to the next either person or like, you know, drink or drugs or whatever. That's when right. when really bad patterns can start to emerge. Not that it's not that it's bad to have a few drinks because I definitely like <laughs> was having wine during those months. Yeah, sure. <laughs> you know, yeah. a couple glasses a night, but right. <laughs> sometimes it's necessary. So this book, uh, we were talking a little bit about this uh, beforehand. Uh, caught your did very well, but it was a first time memoir. You weren't a well known person, but the story took off and it did really well. And I have a couple theories about why that is. Um, yeah. <laughs> one is, I mean, one, it's really well, it's a good, you, you did, you really told a story and you told it well. Yeah. I don't think we're going to have time to get into it, but you did a great thing with flashing back and forth from working from the past. Yeah. You worked with before that email and you would tell the story before and you, then you tell after. So you were kind of flashing back and forth. Very compelling way to tell the story. I thought that worked really well. But it struck me Thank as you. I was reading it. Because it was, you know, but there's a lot of good stories. And I thought, why is this doing so well? And I thought, I think, and you kind of answered it at the end. There's a lot. <laughs> I think that your story is, I think there's a lot of women who are, women in particular, who are living through some version of this mm-hmm. story. Mm-hmm. A lot. Mm-hmm. And I suspect you, you yeah. heard from them or are hearing from them. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, if not, you know, with a bonafide psychopath, I think everyone probably on the planet, male and female, can relate to a betrayal or, you mm-hmm. know, having that kind of toxic person in their life, whether it be a part like a romantic partner or a family member or a friend that they, for whatever reason, like can't disengage from. And it's just a familiarity thing. Um, and I have gotten at this point, I mean, hundreds, if not thousands of messages from other women who right. uh, have had similar relationships and honestly, oftentimes much more extreme than mine. Um, and Violent so and like stuff. I kind of, oh, like mind blowing in every way. Right. I, I, right. The, the details of some of their stories are just absolutely insane. And so I kind of always try to say like, I, I don't have, obviously, I don't have the most extreme story, and that's not really the point. You know, there's nothing that ends in murder or anything like that. But I think that what makes the story unique is just that I was almost writing it 
while it was happening. And so it does it does read more like a novel, like fiction. I actually get messages yeah. from people saying that they thought it was fiction until the very end when I start listing off the acknowledgments and they're like, wait, oh. Oh. <laughs> what? Even, this the, is a even real, though the word is memoir is in the title? <laughs> I know. <laughs> I know. I get a, You would be surprised by how many messages I get from people um, who thought right. it was fiction until the very end. Right. Um, but yeah, I don't, I, I kind of wonder the same thing because even though I was very like compelled to, so I wrote it really, really quickly. I felt it wrote itself. It was right. honestly this kind of crazy out of body experience. And I felt like there was something just compelling me to share it. But right. I queried um, a bunch of literary agents and um, got lots of rejections. And like you said, huh. I wasn't well known at all. I mean, I, yeah, I'm just right. a person who like wrote yep. a memoir. And so that doesn't usually work very well. Um, yeah. unless it's, you know, this absolutely mind blowing or like gorgeous literary thing. And so I just finally got an agent who really believed in it, but it was really just one agent. Like a lot of the other literary agents how'd you, wanted how'd a you platform. Find, was it a, was it a sh- oh, Chandrakti? Oh God, Jen, don't get me started on that. I mean, I have a platform and I write, so it's fine. But I yeah. just feel like you're. So you didn't have a platform, right? Obviously. No, no, I have. Like, I, I mean, I had like a hundred Instagram oh. followers. <laughs> All right, so you are yeah. now in my arsenal of stories about why platform is not necessary for the memoir. But you found an agent, right? Uh, she yes. or he? She wrote. It's, it was a she, and she emailed me and said. I missed my subway stop reading your manuscript. Oh, and do you want, you want to talk about representation? And then she also told me that in her seven years of being an agent, I was the second person that she had signed out of the slush pile, which I didn't even know what that, I, I was so <laughs> oh, like, ignorant about the publishing newbie. business. Yeah. Um, yeah. I didn't even know what a slush pile was. And so that's right. just when you cold query basically. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then yeah, I mean, I had agents telling me, you know, oh, please, please get back to us when you have more of a platform or oh, oh, let's turn oh. this into like a self-help book. And take yeah, out. yeah, yeah, like some, yeah. some of them were really like really scared of legal things. Like so there there was really just one agent, um, Mercini wow. Stephanides, who um, is at Carol Mann Agency in New York. And she just saw it exactly as I saw it, which basically like a psychological thriller. Um, right. And that a lot of, and she hadn't been through anything similar. And that, I think that almost made it more like for me, that was more almost like validating because she hadn't been through anything similar, but she just thought it was a really compelling read. And she thought that other women would probably relate to it. All right. All right. So listeners, cause I get this a lot. Yes. It helps to have a platform because <laughs> it does make your publisher's job like way easier. That's why they love the, right. the platform so much. But if you have a compelling story, you do have to find someone who understands that, but you don't have yes. to have you don't have to have a platform. You don't have to have to have to. It's just not true. I don't buy it. I never have. I think it helps, but you don't have to. And you're yet more proof of that. But, even, but now, yes, no, of course, totally it agree. Matter. You can do it. <laughs> you it can be done. Oh God, it yes. drives me crazy. All right. Well, God bless you for that, Jen. You're a leader, not just to women who have been betrayed, but us writers who tell us who don't have platforms. <laughs> Well, well, now right, I'm almost so, done with my second book, and it's oh, a lot harder. Let me just gonna... tell you. Oh, so wait, wait. Uh, so, I shouldn't even. I shouldn't even mention oh, yeah. it because it's so horrible that it's probably never going to get published. But it's it fiction it's fiction, and it's just it's fiction. fiction. All right. Uh, Ooh, 
Oh, it's just so boy. hard. <laughs> well, that's a whole different animal. That's a whole different animal. It is. Animal. Well, I'll tell and you what, Jen. That's what I'm realizing. Jen, yes. you publish that book. Mm-hmm. I'll have you back on the show. And you, okay. can, you can tell us what <laughs> that was like. See, see, here's the thing. With memoir, you start with everything and have to cut away stuff until you have something. And with yeah. fiction, you start with nothing and keep adding things until yeah. you have something. So it's the exact yes. opposite. It's uh, so different. Yeah. All right. Well, I hope I hope you find yourself a publisher. Uh, fingers crossed for you. Yeah. Um, Thank I'm you. All, well, this went very quickly. Now I have one more question, but before I even ask that, I want do if are you we you did some publicity for. In fact, you were on the Today Show. Megan Kelly interviewed you. Congratulations. Mm-hmm. So Thank people can you. probably see that on YouTube yeah. or someplace similar, right? It probably exists out in the internets. Yeah, I think it's on YouTube and the Today Show website. But if you just Google Jen, wait, Megan Kelly, not that I've done that several times, but it will definitely <laughs> pop right up. <laughs> okay. So there's that. Uh, but are you still, are you done with the book tour on the paper, on the trade paperback release? Yeah, I think so. I mean, I've really almost yeah. just been doing more of a virtual book tour. Other than the Today Show, I haven't actually gone anywhere to do signings. Um, okay. More just a virtual book tour so far. All right. Yeah. All right. Good. Okay. Uh, so, all right. So my last question for you, uh, Jen, and it's this. I want you to finish this question. If writing has oh. taught you anything, it's taught you what? Oh, it's taught me that... I can heal myself through writing and everything else that happens is icing on the cake. Wow. Oh, I like it. And it's true. It's true. Oh, love heals everything. It's true. And writing is an act of love. Well, Jen, it was (laughs) great to meet you. Uh, I hope to give your little girl a kiss on the head for us all. And uh, (laughs) good luck with the next book. Thank you. Thank you for such wonderful questions. It felt like we were just talking for like five minutes, so I can't believe it's over. I know. I know. It's all too short. Well, that's what happens when you're having fun, Jen. All right. Well, take it easy. (laughs) Thanks. Well, yes, it can heal. So listen, I do these shows to teach. That's why I like to have conversations, but I hope they teach people, help people. I want, I want to help people. And I think these conversations can. So the best way, if you like this show, if you enjoyed it, Give it a good rating on iTunes. Yes, that way other people can find it and they can be helped as well. It's true. I will be back next week talking to Riley Sager. Until then, go do something you love with someone you love. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers.